Welcome to the Stone Church Podcast, a series of conversations inspired by Sunday messages we hope will spark your curiosity and encourage you in your faith journey. Welcome to our special four-part series about an important and historically controversial subject, women in ministry. Over the next four episodes, we're going to be discussing women on mission, a message recently preached at Stone Church by our very own Associate Pastor of Helps and Administration, Alana Petter. Hi, Alana. Hi, Kate. (laughs) Also joining us in the conversation is Ashley Palmer. Hi, Ash. Hey, everybody. And Tomi Olajide. Hello. (laughs) Two phenomenal women from Stone Church, and they're going to be helping us deep dive into the paradigm-shifting thoughts and theology highlighted in Alana's Women on Mission message. My name is Catherine Tenke. So I thought we should start at the beginning. I've heard it's a really good place to start, (laughs) apparently. I don't know if that's copyrighted. Alana, your message starts with an experience you had where you found yourself questioning your call to ministry and specifically preaching. Um, And I, being also um, a woman in ministry, I related to it having grown up in the church and having seen how women were discouraged from preaching and leadership and becoming pastors. And I think it would be really great if you could share your experience um, with us. Sure. Thanks, Kate. Um, I grew up thinking, of course, that men had certain roles and women had certain roles. And when God called me into ministry, um, I was at an Eastern Ontario Nunavut District Conference, and yet I was very certain of my calling. And immediately I was obedient and I followed um, God's call and I went back to school. Um, But as I um, became to see that, came to see that my call was going to mean also preaching and um, leading, I began to have a lot more questions, and I really wanted to dig into, you know, the biblical passages. So I really researched and looked into the original meaning of many of these passages, Mm -hmm. prayerfully and humbly, because I really wanted to make sure that I was doing um, and following God's will in my life, you know, for for my life. Um, So I was really struggling with my call to ministry one day, and it was one Sunday before I was about to preach. I was here at Stone Church up in the fireside room, which is a room we have here, and I was just struggling and I was asking God, should women preach? You know, I'd done all the study, read all the things, but, you know, I just wanted confirmation. And I said to God, you know, I just want to make sure this is what you want me to do. Mm. And so I just, at that point, I was praying and I felt such a powerful move of the Spirit come over me. And it empowered me. And I just had such peace. And I felt so empowered to preach that day. And the whole time I was preaching, I just felt as if God was right there with me. But it was after I preached that really affirmed this for me. After the service, my friend Dee came up to me. And she said she had something she wanted to share with me. So she said that as I had walked down to the platform to preach, she was given a vision of God. And she said he looked really big. He completely filled the stage and his arms were around me. And she said he made me me look really small, which I was really happy to hear because that's not easy sometimes. And she said he surrounded me the whole time I preached. And... 
you know, that's so much what I felt as I preached. And after that, I just never questioned or hesitated to use the gift that God has given me and to steward them well um, by mm. using them to love others. That must have been just absolutely mind-blowing for Dee to see over you. And even for you, Alana, just like how life-giving that must have, have felt. Um, so with with that that start... <laughs> Here, I, I want to ask for Stone Church specifically, can we talk about if we are more um, egalitarian tilted versus complementarian, um, just believing that women play more equal roles um, in having the giftings and God-given ability to teach and preach? Um, can one of you ladies uh, with the wisdom speak to that? Yes, that's a great question, Ashley. And, you know, I think that our church at Stone is mostly egalitarian. Um, but I do believe um, that there are some people, and I have heard from some people, that don't think that women should preach. Um, and, you know, our, the PAOC, who um, our church falls under, were certainly very embracing of women in ministry when they originally started. But as time went on, they actually became quite complementarian. Um, and it's only been, you know, in the last... 15 or so years that they've changed back. And, uh, you know, even now, though, there's still relatively few female lead pastors in our um, uh, PAOC organization, as well as on district, um, you know, and oftentimes when I'm at district events, or I've been places, it's assumed that my husband is the pastor, and I'm mm. the wife of oh. the oh, pastor. Yeah. I, I have had that too. I've been at conferences, and so uh, my husband is not in ministry either. Um, and I would go to conferences, and everyone for a long time they're like, "Do you really have a husband?" Like we never, and I'm like, "He has a job. Like he's at his job, and I'm at the really? I'm the pastor." Yeah, like I think it's interesting because you would think in a time that we're in that that oh no, that stuff's all being sorted. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of places. That, that there's still a lot of work to go. And that's one of the reasons why we're, you know, having this conversation. Yeah. 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 No, to be honest, that sounds like, that must be so awkward when you're there at the time <laughs> yeah. and you're like, uh, nope. Yeah. Nope, it's me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Not, no. I'm the one you want. <laughs> yeah. It's me and I feel like I haven't, like, validated him being here. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did go to school and yeah, got my credentials. Yeah. And <laughs> So, but no, I I agree. I think some may be surprised to hear that, like in this age that we're in at the moment, it is um, uh, still surprising. Um, but you know, perhaps this opposing view also contributes. I don't know if it was the case for you, Alana, but contributes to this struggle that uh, women may face with their call to ministry. Will I be well received? Will they take me seriously? Uh, maybe I should just stay in my place. Will they think? I'm just accompanying my husband <laughs> or I'm just, you know, covering for him for the day or something. Yeah. Um, these kind of questions that plant seeds of doubt similar to what you were talking about earlier. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I've seen it even in, um, you know, the younger generation coming up and going to school. A lot of the women have shared with me struggles that they've had even today with, with young men, um, you know, putting doubt on their call to ministry that that women should not be preaching um, you know so definitely a lot of women wrestle with these doubts and I think mm -hmm. part of the problem too is that a lot of men um, 
won't offer mentorship to women mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Um, they're uncomfortable mentoring female pastors, which is another difficulty and another right. reason why we need more female pastors mm-hmm. that can mentor yeah. the younger females coming up. Yes, I was recently listening to a podcast um, and one of the hosts was questioning why so many women still follow religion and in particular Christianity, given the way women have been treated over the years by the church, how little women are mentioned in the Bible and the, they went on a bit of a rant. <laughs> and I really wanted it. I really wanted it to be like one of those old timey radio shows where you can call in and say, I want to talk about this um, because I, I just wanted to say, like, hold on a second you know, it. this was not the way that those women were treated. That's not what God's intention mm. was. Like, yes, people have treated other people that way, but that's not how God intended. Mm. And that's not actually what the Bible says. It, it really, it made me realize that knowing our Bible and not, not just women, but all Christians, knowing how God made us and what our purpose is, is so important. Yes, I agree, Kate. And, you know, you hear it all the time and you see it. And when you, I have to admit, when I read the Bible um, through for the first time, I was thinking, oh, it's pretty male dominated. And it wasn't really until I looked further into what the original text said and realized, you know, that that man is often used to refer to mankind and Mm. brothers to refer to both men and women in Christ in our language today. And it's easy easy for us to feel excluded from the text, you know. And, you know, it's even in uh, the passage in 1 Timothy 3 where it talks about um, women leaders. What a lot of people don't know is that a lot of the male, the male, I guess, pronouns that that Mm -hmm. were put in there are not even from the original Greek language. It actually doesn't have such a male-dominated focus. There's actually, it's, it's applied, it's supposed to apply to, to both. So you see how it can easily, um, be difficult sometimes to understand and you know the apostle paul's teaching tells us you know oftentimes some of the things he he says if we don't know the context it can be quite confusing Mm -hmm. to to people um but you know it's important to recognize that it's not like you said it's not um god but it's sin and satan that has tried to keep the church from fully functioning by restricting the giftings and the ministry of over half of its members. Mm. You know, men and women were never intended to be in conflict or trying to rule over one another. And the truth is, restricting women's giftings really cripples the body. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, what you, that last part you just said, because it's a, it's a reminder that we are one body in Christ, despite the many constant efforts to be torn apart. Um, and whenever I hear that kind of example, it, it, it makes me think, you know, one beauty of the human body is that it contains a left side and a right side for most of its parts. So, you know, your the, your point here it just makes me think of someone, you know, diminishing the value of their left knee, uh, for example, in favor of their right knee in the belief that the right knee is mm-hmm. always Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, someone burning off their right eyebrow because it doesn't look like the left one. Um, and this is a PSA a reminder that eyebrows are sisters, not twins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think as Christians, you know, our collective 
body goes through enough without the need for our own self-inflicted crippling. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will admit, I, I have been uh, one to massacre my eyebrows trying to make it look like Lynn's. We've all been there. But yeah, like it, it's just, it's crazy to me to think how the old like patriarchal hierarchy was so oppressive to women and just, you know, how they would take scripture out of context just to fit their own mold of the culture of the time. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you start to understand what was happening in scripture, Jesus like really flipped everything on its head in the way that he interacted with women. And we lose some of that because we don't necessarily understand how revolutionary it was, Mm -hmm. you know, for him to be responding to women that way. And because people haven't understood that, we've ended up in this kind of scenario where exactly what you said, where scripture's taken out of context to begin to control others. And I've heard of, I witnessed and even experienced some really misguided and uh, mismanaged situations with women in leadership that have occurred because men and other women have perceived women having a leadership role to be unbiblical. Mm. And often the scriptures that are used to rationalize or justify this have to do with their interpretation of Genesis and also other key scriptures, things that that um, in the New Testament. So really to like work out where we are right now and who we're meant to be now, we got to kind of go back mm-hmm. like a little bit to the, begi- oh, yeah. to the beginning. To the beginning. <laughs> it's a good place to start. <laughs> it is a good place to start. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> you know, and... The thing is, is it, it does require us to go right back to creation, you know, in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, you know, and right back when it said, you know, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And just so you know, men there actually means men and women. Mm. Um, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You know, it's important to note that men and women are both created in the image of God. Mm. And it says nothing about hierarchy here. It says both were to have dominion and both were intended to rule over the earth together. Mm. You know, and then we go to Genesis 2.18 and, you know, we're told that God made men first and said it's not good that men be made be alone, but he'd make a helper for him. And this word helper has been used to make women seem like they're less than or just a, a side. Whereas the Hebrew word for helper is Izer. And it means it's one who supplies strength in the area that is lacking in the helped. So the term doesn't imply that the helper is either stronger or weaker than the one being helped. In fact, God is often referred to as our helper in the mm. Bible, and he's obviously a lot stronger than any of us. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so God really created men and women to complement one another, and that was his original plan. Mm. Mm. You know, it, it's funny because, you know, I'm, I've been learning a lot over the, the last few years that I've, I've come to Christ, and I'm now getting to the point where I'm really trying to dig deeper in my, you know, my scripture. And, and and so I feel like, and I myself in the beginning, it's, you know, we can interpret scripture just, you know, for this example, 
to say that because Eve is a quote unquote helper to man, that women's roles are different than men's and that we shouldn't have power over man. But if you allow scripture to interpret scripture, like you said, and going back to the original um, and going deeper than surface level, you know, the original wording describes Eve's creation as, you know, happening on an equal level with with Adam and Mm -hmm. not higher, not lower. And it was when sin in the garden happened that created that, you know, insubordination and and putting man above woman. But, um, you know, I'll let you get more into that, Alana, with your wisdom. But, um, yeah, that's kind of what comes to mind for me. Yeah. And for me, what you said about there being a helper and a help, that was really significant um, to me. Because I've never really understood why um, the helper has this kind of... Uh, view of being I guess less than um, the helped is the one that needed assistance so <laughs> it is kind of curious to me that <laughs> it is kind of curious to me that the helper could be interpreted as weaker um, but that's not to say that the helped should instead be interpreted as weak but noting that by this scripture God saw that man Adam should need another person that would be useful so dare I say, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'd say this kind of uh, position of power interpretation that's come out of it also might say something about how a person perceives needing help. Um, someone mm-hmm. that doesn't like needing help, man or woman, because I've been mm-hmm. in that position, mm-hmm. probably doesn't like the idea of a designated helper coming in. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it, it even applies to God as well, wanting to do everything ourselves and as you said earlier, even God is our helper, but you're thinking, no, I got this, I can do this. Because we want to be able to handle everything and not show weakness or not be yep. in a position of needing help. Mm-hmm. And so not letting God in. So that I, I think that's kind of a, a, a key, I guess, influence. Yeah. Yeah, that perspective. Mm. It is. And and it even speaks right into the original sin. Eve didn't want God to be her helper. You know, she didn't want to listen to his authority. So she decided to take the fruit so she could be like God. Mm. And that's the original sin for all of us. We Mm. all want to be like God. We all have a problem with thinking that we need God and we need other people. Mm. And yet the idea when God used that word helper is he wanted us to understand that everyone should be interdependent. That, you know, we all are here to supply what each other is lacking. And, you know, it's, it's actually a beautiful thing. You know, and and I think of it in my marriage, you know, um, Jan and I sort of help and we've sort of learned over the years to uh, make up for areas that each of us are are lacking. I'm a horrible cook. So even though I started out cooking, now Jan does most of the cooking, you know, and and he started out doing the finances. But now I do the the monthly finances because he gets very stressed and I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and I can be more emotional. So Jan, you know, can give me a reasoned response and help me see situations from a more rational perspective, but I'm much more empathetic. So Mm -hmm. I can help him see people as they really are and help him respond more compassionately. And, and, you know, and in this way, we really help um, supply what each other's lacking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I love the imagery that, that being a compliment to each other brings. 
when a structure is dovetailed together, like uh, my my brother is a furniture maker, like he like he can design a piece of furniture, and when you see that kind of old craftsman workmanship of that beautiful dovetailing of the two parts like coming together, there's a beauty and a strength in that combination, and like a harmony in the way that those things fit, you know, together. They're not you know, try, one's not trying to force the other and the strength of that structure is in the way that those parts come together. I'm putting my hands together and I'm like, oh, it's a podcast. No one's seeing me. fingers are interlacing. I'm, I'm interlacing my fingers for everyone out there in podcast You world. can imagine. Um, and yet for eons, it's been pegged as a master and a subordinate kind of proposition. And particularly with the passage in Genesis 2.23, like bone of my bone and and flesh of my flesh. Um, did you have some mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Yes, because, you know, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh has um, been so misinterpreted by many, you know, and yet throughout scripture, if you look in any other passage where it's mentioned, it identifies a shared standing or kinship, mm. never subordination. Yeah. And yet here it's been misused to be one of subordination, you know, and, and Matthew Henry actually said, you know, when he thinks of that, he said she was not made out of his head to surpass him, nor of his feet to be trampled on, but from his side to be equal to him mm-hmm. and near his heart to be dear to him. You know, men and women were both created in the image of God with inherent value for the purpose of working together to help supply what the other lacked. Without women, men would not be able to fulfill the plan of God and be fruitful and multiply or rule and have dominion. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he couldn't produce life by himself, nor did he have everything he needed to serve the living God. Whereas the same thing applies to women. We couldn't fulfill the plan of God without men. Mm. You know, God truly created us to need each other's unique giftings mm. to fulfill his purposes for us. Yeah. He really created us to be interdependent. Yeah. You know what? Given, uh, given this incredible start, you have to ask yourself, what happened? <laughs> 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 like, how did we get here? How do we get back to that uh, original harmonious design for us? Well, you're going to have to listen to the next episode to find out. Or maybe just uh, just skip forward if you're listening to all these episodes in like one <laughs> head. Yeah. You're going to wait like uh, 10 seconds to find out. Uh, we're going to talk about what happened or where we went wrong in our next episode <laughs> of Women on Mission. Thanks for listening to the Stone Church Podcast. For more information about the Christian faith and Stone Church, visit us online at stonechurch.ca.